Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Hey Big Sean, happy new year. Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year, D. Happy New Year, Maddie, Matt. Today, you know. Sean Linta. 2020. We, we've been doing this show for quite a while, and, and, and we learn a lot. We talk a lot about a lot of things. But, but what I really want to know is, are we walking it like we talk it? Hey. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I walk, I strut, and I walk high, talk high. So I'm all about walking like I talk it. Unless you can prove otherwise, brother, I'm walking it like I'm talking it. All right, well, great. So I think today we should talk about how we're walking it like we talk it and talk about things that we've taken away from the show and how we're incorporating those things in our lives. Absolutely. Come on. This is two black guys with good credit. We're not the number one financial show for no reason. We actually, hey, the advice that we give, we got to live it. We got to breathe it. That's right. Even if Take it all in. <laughs> that was to say, even if you're crawling, as long as you're moving forward, Absolutely. that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Well, Sean, why don't you get us started off? You know, what, what, what was one of the, the shows that uh, you had a takeaway where you, you're actually, um, you know, still using or you, you think you're incorporating things in your life? You know, to be honest, I remember when Dion brought up, let's do a show about negotiating, Sean. And I was like, <laughs> okay, who's this guy? I got this guy, Kwame, and lives in Ohio. And I'm like, you know, I'm an, I'm an East Coast guy. Like, you Why know, do you doubt me, Sean? brother from Ohio going to teach a New Yorker how to negotiate? Come on. I wasn't, really, I wasn't really falling for that pitch. But he did one thing I'll, remember, I'll never forget from the show is really the analogy of the Thanksgiving dinner. Where, yes, I remember where, that. Where, you know, I just wanted to kind of host it, and he was able to kind of spin it in a way that made it seem like, okay, you host, and everybody else is going to bring the other things that comprise of Thanksgiving dinner in a way that was subtle and made feel like it just made sense. Right, where you get them to buy in based on your commitment to hosting. Exactly. And they're basically now... Anchored in is the term. Yeah, that was a term, exactly. Anchoring and to bring the sides and the main dishes. And I just apply that now to like a lot of negotiations. Like to be, I think the, the success of negotiating is like where it's so subtle. 
And there's the win-win. And there's a win-win. So I really took that from him and in his approach. And he even got me into this whole, you know, a book a week theory. And I've been trying to keep up with that as nice, well. So Sean? it's been I'm an educated brother. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it, that show was one of my inspiring shows. No, that was an awesome show because I remember when I reached out to Kwame, I mean, negotiating, negotiation was something that I struggled with all my life, uh, all my career. I was one of those women who, if I got the job offer, I always took the first, the first salary that they gave me because you're just happy to have the job, right? But now when he, he dropped those stats and you realize, ladies, we're leaving money on the table it takes us at least seven years to catch up financially in terms of creating generational wealth. If we're going to use those same, uh, the same funding that eight, that 18% or more men, you know, negotiate from out the gate when they graduate and we're not, we're like seven years behind in creating generational wealth. So Dion, (laughs) what about you? Were there any episodes, was there a specific episode or moment that you have a takeaway or, or something that stood out? Absolutely. Uh, it's funny because you know how on Facebook, um, you get that yearly, that, sorry, that one year pop up in your feed from a, one year ago. Well, literally, when we decided to do this show, yesterday, my favorite episode popped up. And that was episode, I believe it was 40, Maximize the Minimum with Ariel Kiley. And basically, she was, she didn't call herself a minimalist. She called herself an essentialist. But basically, she was a yoga teacher, she Sean's is. yoga teacher, who was listening to our podcast And by doing that, was able to pay down over $30,000 in debt. But when you really understood in terms of what she did with her lifestyle, with regards to paring down uh, the stuff, turning her stuff into cash, which we talked about in in the last episode, um, doing what actually really feels good and then being able to monetize that really inspired me. So from that episode, that's when I decided to actually uh, officially become a life coach. So I had a natural gift in that area, um, but I actually just finished the program last year, just graduated, and now I'm actually building a coaching business. I actually have coaching clients, and I'm monetizing. Walking it like you're talking. That's the point. You know, when you find your purpose in life, and we always teach that, and that's what I love to teach, when you find your purpose in life, now how do you leverage that and turn that into a business and monetize it? We all have a special gift. And like you said, your gift, I've known you for 20-plus years. That is your natural gift. You're a very positive person. And if somebody told you, hey, you can make a business off your positivity, like Matt Imagine just said, that. It, when Matt, when you came in the studio, like we know when Deanna arrives in a place, hey, how are you? I'm good. Life is good. Weather's great. Oh, that's when Deanna walks in a room. We know when you're here. And so you were able now to formulate that into a business and leverage it and get paid a highly hourly wage because of your natural born skill set that you do better than 99% of the people in the world, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I think the the minimalist shows just kind of opened your eyes to say that there's a skill set that I have that I do better than anybody else. And I'm the nice, I'm the black woman Seinfeld. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Wow. The black woman Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, hey. All righty. I have a question, Dion. So, I mean, you tied in your launching your coaching business to this um, maximizing the minimum episode. Yes. But now to, to tie back to Sean's, um, the episode he, he brought up, which was negotiations. Did you struggle with, with your coaching business? How is the negotiations? Have you been, you know, do you, acknowledging your own worth? You know your- what? 
Matt, that's a great question because I absolutely struggled with that in the beginning because you're doing something new. You're getting out of your comfort zone, right? And it's funny because I remember one day my fiance was there listening to my, one of my first calls where I was, I was, I, cause I'm a salesperson naturally. I worked in fashion for over 20 years. So I'm a, I can sell. So I can, you know, I can give you, I can give you the ambiance. I can give you the experience, give you my, you know, my actual authentic pitch. And then when it came to the money, all of a sudden my voice cracked, but just by practicing, you know, rehearsing one was actually rehearsing. And then when you start to actually get the reviews and hear the effects and the impact that you're having on your clients, then you get more confident in making the ask. So even not too long ago, I got my first um, guest speaking, best guest speaking engagement and I made sure I made the ask. The lesson learned is that we like, I'm going to reinforce it, Maddie, Matt, we all have a skill set and we can all leverage it and monetize that skill set. Well, to piggyback on that, the episode that, that resonated for me, um, well, there's two. It's the gig economy. And then it's also the episode where we had the NFL player, CJ Smith, both for similar reasons. It, it's yeah, You've been gigging. You've been gigging for like, you, I mean, if nobody knows, Matt and I are tech, quote unquote roommates, but not roommates. We live in the same complex above and below each other. And you know, I've seen the days unshaven, stressed out. When is that check coming in, Sean? Checking the mailbox, first man out to check the mailbox kind of thing. So he's been gigging for a while, and you've been able to weather the storm, and you stuck true to it. So Absolutely. Like, as Sean just said, I've been living, I'm a freelance television producer by trade. And, you know, there's been some years in my career where I've worked for a network as a staff producer where your your money is uh, it's very much secured. Secured. It's mm-hmm. weekly. You know what's coming. But when you transition out of the staff job, cushy staff job for a network, and you go out on your own, and you you know basically you're out in the wild hunting. You eat what you, you, you right. what you kill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes that's why you turn vegetarian. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, it, it does become a vegetarian lifestyle. You're not catching nothing. But basically, that gig economy show. And the C.J. Smith show, because he talked about in his own journey how he's transitioned into these other finding these other streams of income. Basically, the point is, as a gig, as a freelancer or someone who's living in this gig world, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Yes. If you do, that's a recipe for failure. It's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for stress and struggle, because sometimes that one client, if all your eggs are in that basket and something goes wrong, you're screwed. So so let me ask you a question, Matt. Like nobody for people that are listening. You know, Matt was the man when it came to like black hip hop. Hey, hey, he's still here. Okay, so people don't know he he was the head guy of Rap City back in the day when you know it was kind of like the Breakfast Club, I would say, of hip hop. And everybody, all the artists came to him and went to him for the show that he was the executive producer of. Where, like you said, you had that straight salary, you knew the money was coming in. But then you know you went now and kind of did your own thing. Now. Transition wise, would you recommend it? Did you think it was? Did, what, what would you give advice to people like? Absolutely, that big move. I, I would say for anyone who is considering whether it's in this industry that I, I've been living in for most of my professional life, the television, film industry, or if it's in another industry where you might want to just do your independent hustle, I I recommend it if you're passionate about it, and if that's your, you know, if that's where you want to go, you just have to be prepared for the major differences and you have to learn that landscape. You have to learn how to hustle differently because for me, there was a major 
transition from I always make the analogy of it's like the lion in the zoo versus the lion in the jungle, the lion in the mm. wild. Like the lion in the zoo, the zookeeper comes every day at 12 noon. Here's your steak. Here's your lunch. Mm-hmm. So he's eating his lunch. He's grubbing. He's enjoying life. Everything's good. Now, if you pull him out of the zoo and you throw him in the wild, he's going to be sitting there waiting for somebody to bring him his steak at 12 noon. No right. One's, no one's bringing you a steak when you're in that wild. You got to go hunt. So mm-hmm. you, then you have to learn your industry and learn the best way to hunt. Or, or And that's, that's a constant evolution. It's not like you just always just get it. You have to basically build relationships, go out and sell yourself and try to have you know, a few streams of income, a few clients, and depending upon what you're doing, like I know you're an entrepreneur, you have a lot of... Rawr, you know, rawr, like a dungeon dragon. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, Buster Rhymes. But my point, point being is I enjoyed both being a staff producer and being a freelance producer, but it took a while for me to kind of get my my rhythm learning how to to do the hunting on your own and you know it's like like I said you don't never just nail it you have to continue to work at it well I'll tell you this Matt I'm I'm 100% agreeing I remember people would always ask me like what's the hardest thing when you're working for yourself and you know when I left corporate America and I was working at American Express and I was working on Wall Street I was making decent salary the hardest transition is to get accustomed to not having a bi-weekly paycheck and you did the best analogy now like I was getting that steak at 12 every second Friday. I was getting my filet mignon steak done the way I like it, just the way I want to eat it. And I could cruise with that steak for the next two weeks. I could chill. I could do this. And then now I was like, ain't no steak coming. How do you survive? But I'll tell you, it's, you know, and like what I, I conditioned myself. A guy told, told trained me this best. He said, when you're not working, you are working. Like I would get up. I remember um, my friend's father said, like, when he was unemployed, he would still get up at 9 o'clock put on his shirt and tie, go into his office in his house and be at work, even if it was just going on the computer and stuff like that. So I, st- I stayed in that focus like I'm still in corporate America. If I had nothing to do, worst case scenario, I was reading, you know, mm-hmm. because you would get dragged into other things. Your friends, let's do this. Can you do this? Can you do that? You're not working. Can you do this? And then you realize your day is going by doing somebody else's things or things that are not productive. So I started, tried to stay on that productive way. And like you said, tried to look for steak, like find angles, any way in which I could generate revenue while staying true to who I am. And then all of a sudden things start breaking and start happening. And then you've got gumbo. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what you know about gumbo? <laughs> one other follow-up to that, though, it's like to this whole gig economy for the people who are out there trying to you know, freelance hustle and create their own. One of the biggest stumbling blocks is distraction. And right now we have these smartphones with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And there's lots of things. These phones are powerful. These computers, these tablets, everything's powerful. But you have to discipline yourself in your 24 hours in your day to like you can get caught up and waste your day away and waste your time. And, And that's something that in the new year is also a part of my my gig economy hustle is to maximize those hours and not get caught up with all these distractions that, you know, the, the world, the, you know, Big Brother has created for us yes. to put us to sleep. Absolutely. Now, I'm just going to say another show that really uh, stuck with me, maybe not as glamorous, but it was a Get a Life. That was around life insurance. And um, I actually just lost a, a very good friend of mine last month. And it really hit me that uh, there's a lot of us out there I remember the stat during the show was 60% of us have insurance, but that other 40, man, it's, it's tough if you don't have it. If you have heirs, uh, she actually had a daughter. And this is a woman who was a big proponent, proponent of personal finance, financial literacy, but she had hit on hard times. 
And it just goes to show you she died at 42, just like that. You know, she left a son behind and didn't have a life insurance policy. So just reminding everyone. And so I definitely, um, I have my life insurance policy and um, now more than ever, you know, maybe I don't get to buy the extra the extra pair of shoes. I'm going to make sure I make my premium payment, you know? That's definitely something that people, I think, if it's easy to focus on like the fun stuff and the sexy stuff and like, oh, you know, taking vacation or doing it. But, but life insurance and planning for, you know, what we all will ultimately face, mm-hmm. it's very important to be prepared for you and your heirs, as you said. I think that's very important. Yeah, a couple of shows that I liked, um, a recent show I love, I liked because it was just eye-opening to me and just kind of understanding it, even though it was legalizing because, yeah, I've registered a business, many businesses before, but I never really, I always kind of let my accountant take care of it and just kind of guide me as to what business, what way I should register it best as. I never same. Really, I was I, the same. I never kind of did the homework behind it. And, and when I really did the homework, I realized like, you know, where you decide to register your business, whether it's sole proprietor, partnership, LLC, um, corporation, it's about, you know, your exposure. Other than the lega- legality of registering it, it's about your exposure. Like how, you know, and how much, if, if I just keen a sole proprietorship, and like, you know, Arlington likes to say, there's almost any scenario you can get where somebody can kind of file a lawsuit against you. And if you have a sole proprietor, they can come after your personal assets. And But if you have a corporation, they can only come after you as a corporation. And, you know, going through a recent lawsuit myself, a seven-year-long lawsuit, wow. and finally having to, it finally kind of being resolved, it really kind of stuck with me about the importance of registering a business and which direction you're going to take with it strategically. Accounts will just tell you what's best tax purpose-wise, but the, the show kind of made me realize how to be strategic about where you want to register, how you want to register, and, if you, and, and, and the direction you should go. So I thought that was like a great show for me just because something that I've done for so many years but never really thought of it strategically. All right, people. Well, we've covered some of the shows that we um, had major takeaways from in our in our library of episodes. But after we take this quick break, I want to talk about what we're going to do in the new year, how we're going to continue to walk it like we talk it, what we're going to try to add to our life, our add to our lives that we've learned, how we're going to actually execute some of these lessons. Walk it like we talk it. All right, so stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Black Guys! Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, 
award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Good credit. Today, we are talking about walking it like we talk it. Walk it like we talk it. (laughs) (laughs) What we've learned from past shows and, you know, Happy New Year to all of our listeners and, and how we're incorporating these lessons into our lives. So, Sean. What, what are some of the things you're, you're actually going to incorporate this year? Well, one thing, I, I, I was always the guy that my savings would be like, you know, I would, I would close on some deal, and a part of that earning I'd put towards savings. And I never was really into, like, the, 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 the weekly or biweekly deductions contributing to my savings. And I realized over the years that kind of worked against me. Had I been that person doing, I, I would have been better to be doing the small little contributions versus trying to do the big chunks every year. I think I would have been a better place savings-wise because I think I'm asset deep and cash poor in a lot of times when I feel I could have been doing better with my assets in that way. I didn't have enough liquid investments such as easy transferable into cash, which is like stocks, bonds, um, money yeah. markets versus real estate because I just was going deep with real estate. And, and, and shallow in cash. But right. I think I could have played both games very well had I just made like small contributions throughout the last 20 years. So what I did last year is I started making those contributions. And, you know, like I said, like I said throughout the show, the first contributions are always the hard ones, but then you just adjust. I just mm-hmm. knew it was part. I had to have this money in this account. And I kind of just left enough money in that account to cover that weekly contributions. Every week I had to hustle to get it in there again. I had to hustle to get it in there again. And what I did this year... I called my uh, banker right away, with not even the first week of January, like, let's get this on and popping again for 2020 because I want to make these contributions keep going. So that's one of the things that I think I've worked on. And, you know, I, you gotta, I, I, don't, I never want to be that guy on a mantle preaching and not doing what he says. So that walk was it one like of you talk it. Walk it like I talk Hey, hey, walk hey. Like Dion, so, what, what are you walking and talking? What, what's going on with you? Well, incremental savings, that's, uh, that's definitely... Um, Amazing, Sean. Awesome. You can see we're all always still learning. Um, For me, I've always been doing that stock market double dutch. Can't remember which episode that was. Uh, But thanks to platforms like Elvest, who um, specifically target women to get them in the stock market investing game, uh, I have finally signed up to do and they make it affordable. So you can, you can start investing as little as $5. Um, but starting with 50 bucks a month, I'm going to get into the stock market. And they make it easy in terms of a really quick questionnaire about what your goals are, basically your risk tolerance, and um, they basically will create the portfolio for you. So will this be a mutual fund or a... Uh, it's stocks. Okay. It's stocks. So it's getting to the stock market, which many of us women are not... Um, are not in that arena. So this is a way to at least get your foot, you know, get your feet wet. Then you can always do more research and, 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 and take it a step further. But to at least get in the game, um, it's a great way, a great entryway. What about you, Matt? Uh, well, one of the things I'm, I'm looking to do in the first quarter of 2020 is find a side hustle, like finding ways to make money online, finding ways to, and it, like when I'm doing this freelance hustle, when it's feast or famine, you know, sometimes during the, the famine, I'm looking at ways to whether it's 
like I said, online hustles or, or side businesses or, you know, just other business ventures that are, you know, there's things that can be, I think, money-making ventures out there that are just kind of sitting there that I, I'm, I'm researching. I'm in research mode right now, but we did a show where we talked about side hustles and I'm searching for my side hustle. Any, any advice? What I recommend is you have skill sets, you have skills. Yes, you're, you're, you're a producer and you're a producer, but from being doing producing, you've acquired other skills and it's just leveraging those skills and putting them into something else that can monetize, just that you can monetize. Um, I think for myself personally, I, I, I'm of the same mindset. Like, I mean, it's just leveraging different opportunities. I'm being more bold in what I do and more confident in my delivery and how I deliver things to people and what I can do and the things that I can produce and understanding where I am in life. I'm 47 years old. Damn. and I <laughs> Okay, old time. You've got us beat. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, please. <laughs> and knowing that, okay, where I am as far as even like where my mortgages are, where my business is, and kind of being bold and directing it and really pushing it forward to where I need to get it to the next level and being smart enough to know that if it's not pushing forward at the pace I need it to do, then I need to adjust and bring in on certain people to meet certain goals. And goals are not about like achieving certain levels of wealth. I think I'm trying to balance lifestyle with, with money, you know, and then really setting that path because I want to go into my 50s where I'm really now teaching the next generation as far as my kids and just setting them up and so that I can cruise for the rest of my life. The idea is you want to earn. So you want to learn, then earn so you can return. Where do you get like these? <laughs> She's rhyming over here. So I, I'm just being bold. Even with banks now, like, you know, banks help me acquire certain assets. And, you know, my personal goal is to be able to pay off those, those loans, mortgages, commitments that I have so that I can give these assets to the next generation with no, with no debt. So I'm really now negotiating mortgages and deals where I can like look to pay off, pay off in chunks so I can reduce that exposure and limiting in my risk, understanding my risk tolerance. When you're young, I think you expose yourself, take a little bit more risk. I think as I get older, I'm trying to reduce that level of risk. So I'm not going to lose everything in one shot in one deal. So, you know, I'm understanding risk versus reward whenever I look into anything and know that my level of risk is more of a moderate risk tolerance than it once was maybe 10 years ago. Okay. Dion? Well, um, as you may have heard, I was recently engaged. Um, um, Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you. Thank you. Let's give it up for engagement. Oh, thanks. If you don't want to see, if you want to see the actual engagement, you can follow Dion on Instagram. It's all there for you. She, she chronicles her whole life through Instagram. Excuse you. Hashtag black love. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, there's really a point behind this. Um, I bring this up for anyone who's partnering up, you know? Uh, whether you are engaged, whether you're married, um, my fiance and I actually started seeing a financial coach together. So uh, Alicia Holmes, she, was, she actually was on one of our episodes, uh, Net Worth. What was it? Um, get, your net, get your net worth up and dance. dance. Come so, on. Yeah. So she, <laughs> thank you, Sean. Um, but what was really interesting and what she recommended is that we come in together and have our... Uh, financial coaching sessions together, the, the importance of transparency when it comes to finances and a couple. And uh, when you're on the same page and, and working together, you know, how much more successful you are from a financial perspective than when, you know, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. So she says other cultures, this is how they do it. And they and they do very well. It's funny. So that's definitely something I want to pass on to our listeners. I'm not going to call you the old school, but, you know, we, we, we have the pleasure of having 
a young couple in here today, my, my nephew and his girlfriend. It'd be interesting to see what the young couple is thinking about to tell the listeners. So, Magda, you've been listening. What do you think? I agree. I think it's important to be transparent and like to also like manage your expectations before you make real big commitments like a mortgage or a wedding, having kids. I think you need to know like where both people are financially and like what their future expectations are. So is it like do or die now when you young people look at if so many if there's finances and together like this person may not be for you? I think it depends at what stage of the relationship you're at. Like I think if you're just like casually dating, then it's not important. But if you're trying to like build a future, yeah, those are deal breakers. Yeah, so thank you for basically reiterating that. You know, when you're starting a life with someone, you really want to make sure you guys are have the same you you guys have the same kind of vision and goals for where you want to go. Yeah, your, I mean, it's, it's a, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm close to Magda's age, but not, you know, that close. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, Delusional. It, it should be somewhat of a, in my opinion, like, you know, being on the same mindset is very important. Having the same financial outlook and perspective is very important because, you know, it can, it can, once you do that commitment, there's so many things, like I was explaining that you're just working it out as a couple and you got to make sure that. You guys are of, of the same financial hey, mindset. If that's the one less stressor, stressor in the relationship, right? And we know the stats when it comes to divorce. You know, it's one of the number one reasons people break up. Well, another thing that I'm incorporating in 2020, and we t- touched on this in several episodes, but it's basically savings. And we've talked about making savings a game. We've talked in, in past episodes about, you know, finding, you know, going through your bills or you're looking at, at subscriptions or waste or, you know, killing the waste. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing in a January a deep dive into all the things that are either waste that I can cut, trying to find, you know, hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars worth of expenditures that are unnecessary to cut those out, and also implementing a a savings plan in the in like, you know, making it a game. So yeah. so I build, you know, something that I can actually track from January throughout the month of twelve months and really make a savings dent and and grow that savings, not just set it and forget it, but I'm trying Mm -hmm. to set it and grow it to where throughout the 12 months, I really see, you know, a significant uptick in the savings. Well, I'll tell you this. I always call January find the money month. And I even told that to my staff today at work because Mm -hmm. like, he was like, what are you talking about? We find in the money because, you know, I always say Mm -hmm. revenue, uh, net income is revenue minus expenses. I always say January for me and a lot of people is a slow month for revenue wise. So we got to find the, we got to cut expenses so we can still have a strong net income. So even at work today, we're going through FedEx charges. We're going through discharges. And he's like, what are we going to say? We're finding the money, Damon. We're finding the money. <laughs> so I look at January. I go through all my expenses, look at how much I spend on my cell phone, how much I spend here. And I'm just cutting, cutting because I got to find the money. You're I call so it right. January's find the money month. FMM. And also to your, you know, your, your longtime slogan, your money is your money. I, I think we can also go to our the companies we do business with. And like I heard there's a, a gym offering gym membership for like 25 cents for, you know, like if your gym, if you're wasting, if you're spending too much money, if you're not going, you know, if your phone, uh, your Sprint or Verizon or whatever company you're with, like maybe it's time to hey, to break up. I just jumped ship. I literally just jumped ship. And my fiance and I, we did a joint plan where now us being together, we actually are saving over, I think it's over $150. Ta-da. Right? So I always say banks, companies, it's, you're not married to them. You're like, it's a relationship. 
even sometimes it's an affair. And if they're not treating you the way you want to treat them, break up. Find somebody else. It's that simple. So you don't you want to know that you're not, you know, you you're just having an affair. You're just kind of dating. And if they're not giving you what you want, then it's time to move on. And Dion, you know, like once again, you're getting all the congratulations because you were with Verizon for a very long time. Yeah. It was a tough decision. You broke up. You broke sure up. Sure did. Wow. Sure did. Well, you can have her back, Verizon, if you really want to, but you gotta come correct. You know, she's forgiving, <laughs> she'll take it back. <laughs> but, come correct. <laughs> come correct. All right, well, this is great information, and we all need to make sure we're walking it like we talk it in 2020. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. So keep it locked. Black guys. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Happy New Year. Today we are walking it like we talk it. We've been covering our biggest takeaways from the past shows and, and how we're incorporating those lessons into our lives. And as we bring the show to an end, Dion, why don't you uh, take us home? Yeah, I just want to remind everyone. So we did our recap of what we what we loved, uh, what we're what we've learned and where we're going. But we always love to hear from you, too. As this new year starts, please let us know what topics you want to hear. We love to hear from you. If there's anything we didn't touch on, you have questions, you know, definitely, you know, reach out. So please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review for others to find us. Like High Score, who said, I am very much into educating myself on what's going on in the world of finance, and I continuously try to help all those around me that allow me in. So I am grateful to have found two black guys with good credit because I've put a lot of time into raising my credit score since filing for bankruptcy a few years ago. And the information they provide and the fun and entertaining way in which they provide it, it is so rewarding. We need more leaders like this in all of our communities, teaching our youth and young adults about finance overall. Wow. Thank you, High Score. What a way to kick off the year. Um, if anybody wants to email us, email us at tbg, tbgwgc at gmail.com. My name is Dion Nichols, the lady with the history the stats, and the cold, hard facts. And I'm out. Thank you, D. And my bottom line is don't settle for mediocre. Don't settle for where you are. Set some goals. And when you hear lessons that, that resonate with you, create an action plan and incorporate those lessons into your life. I'm Matt. And just remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. My takeaway is, Matt, walk it like you talk it. And when I say walk it like you talk it, this, it's not a race. It's a journey. And along the way, you'll have your peaks and you have your valleys. But just understand you're on the journey to financial success. And you define what financial success is. But just along the way, just apply certain financial disciplines and work towards your goals and understand that whatever God-given skill you have, it can be leveraged into a financial reward. And let 2020 be your year to start making it happen. I'm Sean, Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Your money is your money, and it belongs in your damn pocket. And I'm out, people. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. 
Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 